Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glixman with my tag team partner, Matt Story. And this is baseball opening day, but this is also going to be a very NCAA heavy discussion. Yes. Uh, yes. But Matt, before we delve into that, I don't know if you saw, but the mayor of Ding Dong City, Travis Shaw, uh, has returned to the Brewers and led them to the promised land in game one with three RBIs, including a game tying double in the bottom of the ninth. I saw they won. Um, I did not see that, nor did I know that such a nickname existed. Oh yeah, his uh, okay. his custom his last Brewer custom player jersey was Mayor Dash DDC. Okay, okay. Where was he at before? I mean, he's been around. Well, right? he came to the Brewers from the Red Sox farm okay, system Sox. for Tyler Thornburg, uh, who promptly. Uh, had arm trouble and barely has appeared as a Red Sox. I think he's now, I think Thornburg's now back in the NL Central. Uh, okay. But the Brewers had Shaw. He was very good uh, three years ago or four years ago. Then three years ago, they acquired Moustakis and, okay. and yeah. moved... Yeah. Shaw to second. Then they okay. moved. Then they brought up Hira, brought back Mustakis. Shaw struggled at the plate, wound up being sent down, barely came back. So then last year they let him walk. He went to the Jays. Okay. And they just brought him back. Okay. Okay. There you go. Was he with him in spring the whole time, or or was he a late signing? He got brought back. Um, as camp opened, he got brought back okay. on a minor league deal, gotcha. Um, gotcha. and they had to notify him. I think they had to notify him like he had one of those veteran preferred deals where they had to notify him like two weeks before the end of camp. Okay. So they okay. told him he was going to make the club gotcha. at that point. All right, all right. Well, yes, I saw they won in extra innings. Correct. They did. And yeah, did you save the whole thing? See the uh, runner on second. I did not. I had, unfortunately, a work conference call that I thought would be fine to schedule at 4.45 with a 1 o'clock start time, and and it was not even close. Did you see the ninth? No. I had to leave at the end of 7. I stayed through, the heart of the order came up in the 7th, Yelich, Garcia, Shaw, and I watched them get mowed down in order. Okay. So then I... So then I went back to work and I was on a conference call uh, and I had checked as soon as the call ended and I was like, oh, it's tied. So then I, I went over and watched on uh, on the firm TV. So I saw the I, I saw the gimmick. I just wasn't there for the gimmick. And I do not like the gimmick. And I don't like it as a gimmick implies that I don't like it. I'm I'm kind of on the fence about it. I, I, there's part of me that doesn't like it, and then there's part of me that sees, as I texted you, you know, nine inning games that are lasting three and a half hours, and I think, yeah, maybe we need to do something. Maybe we need to do more than just one thing. Uh, you know, I mean, like, today was kind of insane with the length of some of these games that weren't even that high scoring. It wasn't like, you know, these were ten to nine shootouts. Um, and, you know, so... I don't know. I'm 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 on the fence about it. I I, I guess I uh, 
I want to see more before I make a decision, one way or the other. I look. I think it's here to stay. I think it is too. And and so, in a year or two, I will be fine with it. Yeah. I'm having I it for regular season. Yeah. I, I wouldn't want it in the postseason, and I don't think there's any talk of that. So, I mean, I guess to me, it's a little like the NHL shootouts. You know, you have a, a mini overtime, and then you go to a shootout. Okay. I'm, I'm okay with that. You know, I mean, we don't, do we need to have 18 inning regular season games? Probably not. Yeah. I, I'm with you. Like, I, and it's gonna, I'm going to come around. It saves pitching, you know, it saves arms, you know, and if you have a, if you have a dominant strikeout heavy bullpen, then right. it's fine. Right. You know, right. you know it, it does that. And it, and it also, I mean, I think it, it in some ways, you know, gets you a little bit closer to, you know, putting some movement in the game. You, get, you know, can you move the runner over? Can you get him in? You know, rather than as we texted about today and you said, you know, strike out, walk, home run. I mean, that, that seems to be so much of the game right now is those three outcomes. And it's not, you know, it's not great. Uh, this is a, a temporary, you know, little slight solution to that. There are other things maybe they can do. But it, it, the game drags sometimes when it's like this. Yeah. And, and so, overall, I get it. And I just, I don't know. I'm having my get-off-my-lawn moment <laughs> with this of, I like, get, look, if mean, you... I, I couldn't stay. I made a choice to leave. Right. But right. I also kind of feel like that's fine if you choose to leave. It's not like Bally Sports has so much other programming that we're running into yeah, other things. That's true. Oh, I don't think it's, I, I don't think the decision is based on that at all. I mean, I, and I know you don't necessarily, I'm not saying that. I, I just, you know, I think, uh, I mean, for you and, and to a slightly lesser extent me, but we're, we're both kind of old school at heart, I think, when mm-hmm. it comes to sports in general. And, and I say you more so with baseball, because baseball's yeah. more your, your passion, but both of us tend to lead old school. Um, and, but I, I think we gotta, we gotta accept that, you know, the, the old school stuff of baseball is, I mean, I, you know, I'm around, as you know, I'm around a seven year old kid at times and I went to a baseball game with him a couple weeks ago and, and, you know, one of the, I mean, I, I didn't go with him. I met him there. And after about 15 minutes of sitting there, he said, this is boring. And I thought to myself, yeah, I mean, in a way for a kid, it kind of is. Like I like it, but but you gotta do something. Now I'm not saying you gotta you know have, you know totally change the game, but little tweaks here and there to make the game more fast, more exciting, more interesting for the younger generation, I think is a necessary thing. Yeah, I agree that the game is going to change. This it's it's interesting because it's a it's a rule tweak that. You know, I struggle to find a parallel with beyond like the college football mandatory two point conversion. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's the closest I could come up with. Which is uh, probably a good one. You know, and, and which know like it made it more exciting. About, <laughs> yeah. It did, and they're talking about making that even earlier. I think yeah. now with the second overtime session, mm-hmm. uh, you know, doing that this coming year. And, you know, I, I mean, I think there's some legitimacy to that. And, I mean, again, you know, 
you're right that Valley Sports Wisconsin or Arizona or whatever doesn't have competing programming, but the people watching that channel do. And yeah. I think we gotta we gotta be mindful of. I mean, you're a good example of it. I think you you do a lot of watching of things that are you know streaming. I don't do as much, but I do some. And a lot of people, that's all they do. And and to expect that a lot of people are going to dedicate you know four plus hours to a football game, a baseball game, it's a big ask in in the world today. Yeah. So the more you can, again, I, I'm not. I don't want to go crazy, but the little. I mean, we didn't talk about this much, but all the different minor league rules that they're trying in different yeah. levels. One of them I liked, and I've wanted it for years, is the limit on pickoff attempts. I, I love that. Make those worthwhile. And if they're not worthwhile, don't do them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because it's, it's hard to, I mean, again, I'm going to put myself in the position of sitting with a seven-year-old kid. It's hard to, you know, get a seven-year-old kid to say, you know, hey, watch how exciting this is that this guy keeps going over to first base. The guy keeps getting back. Like, oh, yeah, riveting stuff. Uh, you know, I mean, make it worthwhile. Yeah. I think you need to give at least two, though, because otherwise, after the first are. one, the guy can just book it. Sure, sure. And I think they are. And I'm pretty sure that's what the rule is. Um, you know, I, it's there's a balancing act there. You're right. I mean, I, I don't think I want to outlaw pickoff moves, um, but you know, the the times where you watch and they just throw over five, six, seven times in a bat, like man, I mean, it's tough when you're in the stadium. Uh, you know, people get restless. There's booze, and you know, and then, and at home, you're you're turning to something else. You're watching something else because, like, eh, unless you're really into that game, it's tough to get into. Yeah. I I will say the day ha- has already provided us with a couple great baseball moments that I just want to briefly touch on before we yeah. pivot to the NCAA. The first, at the Brewer game, the home fans booed during the sausage race because it wasn't live-action racing sausages. It was a pre-recorded sausage race. With the I would be more in support of the booing. I, I mean, the, the sausage race began historically as dots on a... Yeah. Very old county stadium scoreboard. Right. And right. it's morphed now into five living, breathing racing sausages. I mean, it's part of the attraction. When I went to the game with you in, what, 2018, or I think, yeah. whenever it was, or, or when we went again a couple years ago when I came back to the Packer game, you know, that's you stay long enough to see that. I wanted to. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, not, not having that is not the same. So that was one. The other one was in the Dodgers game. I don't know if you saw the home run that wasn't for Cody Bellinger because uh, Justin Turner thought it was caught, so he sprinted back to first and passed Bellinger on a homer. Yeah, yeah. uh, That was not the only occasion of someone not realizing it was a home run. Did you see Miguel Cabrera? In the snow. home run of the season and then slid into second base because he couldn't see it went over the fence. Yeah. That's – hey – you know, Miguel Cabrera can do whatever he wants at this point yeah. in his career. <laughs> it's amazing he's still around, in all honesty. Uh, although he's, he's cashing them checks, so I guess that's why. Well, but, and you uh, forget that he wasn't old enough to drink when he won that World mm-hmm. Series. You know? You know with, the, with the 0-3 Marlins, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's going on, going on two decades now, close to it. Um, great career. I mean, you know, triple crown... Uh, you know, MVP. He's very well accomplished. I, I would say probably a Hall of Fame lock, although with the Baseball Hall of Fame, who knows? Um, but you know, you'd be hard so. pressed to argue against him. 
I would agree. At, at I, this I mean, point. Sort of sarcastic. I think he is, but, you know, I thought Barry Bonds was too, so, you know. Well, he's 13 homers and 134 hits away from 3,500. Those are pretty good numbers, yeah. For a guy who's never even been sniffed by the by the taint of steroids. No, he hasn't. So, I mean, as long as that remains the case, I'd say he's probably a lock. But, you know, who, who knows? Things come out and you're like, ah, oh, never mind. Hmm. Um, you know, but, yeah, I would I would say he is. And, yeah, heck of a career. And, yeah, that was kind of a funny moment today. The Bellinger one was uh, interesting. I mean, hey, it's, it's – uh, those are the things that, you know, baseball purists slash nerds, whatever term you want to call it, like like you and, again, mostly me, and we love that stuff because it's stuff you can only see in baseball. Absolutely. It's why you go to the ballpark because mm-hmm. you'll see something new. Uh-huh. And as a, as a side note, I'm glad you went to the ballpark. Yeah. I, uh, it'll, be a, it'll be a bit before I get to a regular season game, but that just has to do with the opponents for the D-backs. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got a you know couple planned for June, couple for July. Went to a couple spring training games, as you know. So it's it's nice, nice yeah. to be back seeing some baseball. It's it just starts rolling now. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, no doubt, no doubt, yes. But let's pivot. Let's talk about the NCAA NCAA basketball. We'll start with ASU. Um, the roster turnover continues. Josh Christopher yeah. has announced he's leaving. I mean. This is in the last 24 hours. Josh Christopher announced he's leaving for the NBA draft. Kyle Fate entered the transfer portal. Tayshawn Cherry committed to Grand Canyon. Yeah. Uh, Remy Martin suggested that he and Kamani Lawrence may both come back. And we found out that Chris Ostin has entered the transfer portal. There's yeah. a lot happening. Um, a lot happening, yeah. And that's, that's not even counting the, what, since we talked last, the two transfer portal additions that we've gotten. We, we talked, I believe, last Thursday when we had the, the big Canadian uh, kid that committed the, the seven-footer. Yeah. A couple of, of uh, college transfers, which, you know, I was harping on that for weeks that we needed to hit that portal, and we're doing it. It, it can't stop there, but I, I like the pace at which we're moving. Yeah, uh, A.J. Brahma got a Doug Haller article already, so... Yeah, you know, yeah. start the hype train for him. He's a yeah. he's a senior, so yeah. Yeah, enjoy yeah, it. I mean, you know. Enjoy it while it lasts. Sure, sure. You know, I mean, look, this is this is kind of the nature of college basketball right now, and I think it's it's only getting more that way, not less. Is you know, you you have your roster for one year, and you you'll have some carryover, but you don't know who, and you don't know for how long. So you just you know you take that one year roster, and then you see what the next year brings. Yeah, absolutely. Who's the other kid? I'm, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, bigger kid. Yeah, I uh, I couldn't find it, which is why I just said Brahma. <laughs> um, and then I'll just admit I didn't know. Look, just a little, just a yeah. I was gonna say just a little peek behind the curtain of how this podcast yeah. works. We don't yeah. really prep for anything. I mean, not a tremendous amount. We there, discuss there, what we're gonna discuss, and we're you know we're. we're sort of there come on give me how many times did he tweet about the spring game good lord doug <laughs> tweeted that story like four times in a row well you trying to find who our transfer was man here it is nope nope that's aj brahma where's the other kid this is great radio <laughs> this is just so jay heath six three guard jay heath from boston thank college you. <laughs> thank you thank you yes okay i had a backwards i thought brahma was the more recent one 
So we've got so far a, a you know, I guess a center type, mm-hmm. uh, power forward type, and a guard. <clears throat> Man, I mean, look, I'd love to have Remy Martin back. Yeah. So, I mean, I would not quibble with that one bit. Um, Lawrence either. Oh, for sure, Lawrence. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I thought that was possible. I really didn't think it was possible that Remy Martin I'm, came back. And I I, still I'm thinking it's April Fool's. It could be. It could. Yeah. I mean, I, I still am not going to buy it just yet. But I mean, yeah. Would I love to have those two guys back? And then you, you know, you you fill in the pieces around there. And you know, I mean, I think we got to know what Remy is and what he isn't. And what he isn't is a superstar. And that the hope was there that this year he'd take that step, and it just didn't happen. But he's a really good player. He's a guy who can give you, you know, twenty five points on any given night. Um, and and you know, a veteran and. You know, hey, would I love to have him back for another year? Sure. We'll see, I guess. The the big mystery with this team is how many of the guys may come back and how many do they want back? I think that you yeah. can say they want Martin, Bagley, and Lawrence. Mm-hmm. And I and it was clear they didn't want Cherry back. Uh, no. Christopher was never coming back. I, I'm not hearing a lot of groundswell about trying to get Verge to come back. I don't get the feeling there. I mean, you know, we've talked about this before <laughs> with Doug Haller. Uh, you know, Haller is one of those, and I, I like him. You sometimes got to read between the lines with him. And and, and I, it's probably just the nature of reporting nowadays. He hinted a couple times late in the year that, like, well, they, you know, Verge could come back, but the coaching staff uh, would have to figure out if they want, you know, and that tells me he knows that they're ready to part ways. And that's, that's okay. I don't think it's a ill will, probably not with Tayshaun Cherry either. Just, you know, Verge, I don't think ever really fit, except for maybe the second half of, not last year, but, you know, two seasons ago now, when they put it and they had him come off the bench and he was a six-man role. We got hot and he played, you know, but I think Verge is a ball-dominant guard at his best. Mm-hmm. And when you got Remy Martin and this year you had Josh Christopher and then like it just like it didn't work. Verge probably would have been better off at a you know a, a mid major school where he could have had the ball in his hand all the time and scored, you know, twenty five points a game. He had he had that talent, but he would have done it on, you know, twenty five shots. And and we didn't have a team that was allowing him to do that. Yeah. Um it's going to be an interesting thing to monitor over the next couple of weeks, as you know, as we've seen, the portal is wide open. It is, it <laughs> so, is. And boy, there's there's going to be a lot of guys, and not, I mean, not just ASU guys. There's going to be a lot of guys that are just left without a chair when the music stops. Um, you know, there's there's only I know this next year. You know, I, like in football, and I think they're doing the same in basketball. The, the returning seniors don't count against your limit. Um, mm-hmm. But there's still only so many scholarship spots and only so many playing time spots, and uh, you know, so many guys just put their name in there, and I, I'm fine with it. I got no problem with it. But I, you know, should be aware that like it, there's not a golden ticket at the end of the rainbow for everybody. Uh, some of you will find that you know your, your school doesn't want you back, and nobody else wants you either. Yeah. Um. Speaking of schools who are gonna. Not have everyone back. North Carolina today. Yeah. <laughs> that, uh, a bit of a shocker to me. You know, I was surprised, but then reading about it, and maybe it just had to do with the way this year was, and I you know, I didn't pay a ton of attention to college basketball outside of ASU, and, you know, and North Carolina wasn't great, but read several national reporters that, hint, that said, you know, 
there were strong hints this was coming. Um, I, it caught me a little by surprise. And he's a he's an old guy though, obviously, and so eventually it comes to an end. And, um, but yeah, I mean, the, the curiosity for me is who they get to be the coach, and you know, uh, it'll it'll. I mean, it's a great job. I think it's a it's a top five program in the country without hesitation. I say that. Absolutely, it, it's one of those things where you know. I don't know. I feel like we're we're hitting a a gap in a Venn diagram of coaches available and what would be acceptable to North Carolina's fan base. Yeah, you know, yeah, like the yeah. Loyola coach would be a great hire for Vandy. Right. You uh, know, North Carolina was yeah. But I yeah. don't know that North Carolina people are going to be like, wow, this guy took a team to the Sweet Sixteen and a team to the Final Four. Right. You know, imagine what he could do here. It's like, no. I don't think so. I don't think so. I agree with you. I, I mean, I I feel like a lot of North Carolina people are going to want a North Carolina guy. That matters. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. Dean Smith was there forever. Roy Williams, I, I think, played it. I think he went, he went to North Carolina and played there. He was an assistant there before he went to Kansas. Um, you know, I mean, they are a very much keep it in the family type of program. So, I mean, I've, I've heard names bandied about the usual suspects you hear, you know, Jay Wright and Brad Stevens. And I'm like, I mean, those are great coaches. Um, and I don't know if they'd be tempted by that job or not. But I just, I don't think that's really what North Carolina is looking for. I think that, you know, the, the guy I keep hearing a lot about is, is the guy who was the Greensboro coach, who I think was an assistant and a player there, Wes Miller. It's a big jump from UNC Greensboro to North Carolina, but he's done well there. And maybe maybe it's this time, I guess. And that's one of those things also with North Carolina. Their last hire was the head coach at Kansas. Right. You know, right. like... Right. Coming I, off a national championship game. Yeah. Are they going to be looking at Mick Cronin at UCLA? Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, I, I told you that my sleeper dark horse uh, is Billy Donovan. Mm-hmm. Uh, as someone who, you know, had success in college has had middling achievement as a pro coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems, yeah. like you said, it seems that he'd rather be a pro coach than a college coach. That, I mean, you know, the fact that when he left OKC and then took another job in the NBA makes me think that, you know, maybe that's where he wants to be. Because he could have set it out. He could have, you know, wait, I mean, God, he could have. You want to go to Indiana, uh, you know, obviously this North Carolina opening, you know, there's, there's going to always be big openings in college basketball every year. Maybe not Indiana, North Carolina level, but, but still, you know, there's always openings and he didn't wait for one. So I don't know. Uh, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, what you think of the Texas, you know, Chris Beard going in conference, Texas Tech to Texas. When you've got money and you are the big player that's what happens that yeah. you know i'm yeah well and and as soon as the texas job came open you know he was the name and yeah. even i mean right. technically before it came open <laughs> yeah people were yeah. like well if they don't go offer this job to chris beard i don't know what they're doing Texas. Yeah, he did go to Texas, and he was a GA at Texas for Tom Penders. Uh, so I mean, he's he's you know, and he's boy. I mean, I think it's a 
I think it's, I, mean, I always hesitate to say it's a home run hire, you know, because we don't know, but he's done really well at Texas Tech. Yeah. I mean, a very good coach, and, you know, gosh, do I think Texas may be upgraded? Kind of. I mean, that's a hard thing to say when you lose your coach. You think, you know, oh, well, but I think they did. Yeah, well, and I wonder, I'm, conspiracy theory coming at you. Yeah. Did... Did Texas and Shaka mutually break up? It wouldn't surprise me. Is this a, like, hey, look, we think we can get Chris Beard now. His buyout is less. Um, Why don't you see if there's a job you want? (laughs) It would not not surprise me, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I texted you the day hearing about Shaka Smart said it felt a lot like Herb Sendak leaving NC State to go to ASU in that the natives were getting restless. He would have gone into next year very much on the hot seat. And so you take a, what probably in the hierarchy is a, a step back. I mean, going from NC State to ASU probably was. Going from Texas to Marquette probably is. But not a huge step back. And you get a fresh start. And they get a fresh start. And, you know. And everyone's happy. happy. And and you can yeah. spin it however you want. I mean, there's the uh, the – Shaka Smart spinning it as, well, I wanted to go to a school that prioritized basketball. It's like, I don't know. They, or the, the Longhorns did fine with Durant. People seemed to care yeah, when they were they winning. Did. Yeah, I mean, that's a, you know, look, Texas will always be, I mean, Texas could probably win a national championship in basketball. And, and you know, minutes after, you'd have a lot of people in Austin saying, well, how's the football team look at spring practice? Uh, you know, I mean, that's, that's the way it is. But... You can be a big-time program. I mean, Rick Barnes had them in the Final Four multiple times, I think, at least at least once. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, like, he had a, a nice run there. You can be very good at Texas. Uh, you know, I, can, you win a, can you win a national title? I, I certainly think so. Yeah. I mean, considering, considering that two of the Final Four teams are Baylor and Houston, sure. You know, there, there's no resources available at Baylor and Houston that aren't available to you at Texas. Yeah, uh, you know, and, and something to be said as we transition uh, to the Final Four talk. Yeah. Think about what that Baylor job looked like. Uh, I know. When Scott Drew took it. Uh, a guy had just committed murder. Right. Um, of his teammate. Yeah. Yeah. The coach had not covered it up, but didn't really address it. cover it up. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. Oh, God. You, I mean, we talked about Scott Drew at the start of the tournament. And, and I mean, it, he probably does not get enough credit. As much credit as he gets, it's not enough for taking that program that was probably at the bottom of the bottom of the bottom when he got there and making them an every year good team and now finally getting to a Final Four. I mean, good for him, man. Like, that's, a, that's a heck of a job he's done. Yeah. As... As I predicted, the final four is Houston, Baylor, UCLA, yeah. Gonzaga. Big Ten teams, right? Yeah, <laughs> the uh, the cream of the Big Ten crop in a, in a year where they appeared dominant based on yeah. the wire to wire rankings. Uh, I was hoping Michigan was going to get there. I, you know, I do I do like UCLA as a fan of the, the Pac twelve, and obviously, I think like we've discussed, UCLA basketball is like USC football. You know, there's a there's a romance to them. Um, but I was rooting for Michigan. I wanted to see Juwan Howard get there, but boy, they had, I don't know if you saw the end of that game. They had good looks, man. Yeah. I mean, that the, the three coming up the court, you couldn't get a better look. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was down, and it just yeah, they just couldn't couldn't get him to go. Uh, I was rooting for UCLA, and I was terrified <laughs> at the end of the game. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was a good game. It really was. Uh, well, it was a tight game. It was a close no, game. It was a no, competitive game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was uh, far from you know great looking basketball. Um, I, I'll tell you. I mean, I, I nothing against UCLA or Houston. I'm rooting for Gonzaga and Baylor because I think those have been the two best teams all year. They're supposed to play in December, and it didn't happen. And I think it would be a it'd be a, a nice send off to this weird season to see the two best teams, you know, duke it out finally and see who's the best. Yeah, I I will be in the championship game. I'll be rooting for whoever wins the UCLA Gonzaga game. Yeah, I probably will too. Although I wouldn't root against Baylor. I mean, the Baylor story is pretty amazing. Like, you know, if it's if it's UCLA Baylor, I'd probably just be on the fence. In all honesty, like I don't know who I'd end up rooting for as the game went along. I I'm going to keep riding for UCLA. Um, I don't think they'll win, but I didn't think they would beat Michigan, and I didn't think they. I wasn't. I didn't think they'd beat Michigan State. I wasn't all that convinced I didn't of that. Think so. Get to the second round. I picked him to beat BYU, but I I remember in our picks telling you I thought it'd be Michigan State, and you know at the half of that game I thought, yep, it's gonna be Michigan State, and yeah, they turned it around and, and won that game in OT, and then you know survived that the the three there by Alabama, and I mean it, you can't earn it any more than beating the number two and the number one seed in your region to get to the final four. They you know they had to go through the the best teams in that region and they did it. I don't think it would top me picking Florida to lose when they won the title, but picking picking a champion to lose in a play-in game would be something. Well, the difference, though, of course, is they're an 11 seed, so that's, yeah. I'm not going to hold that one against you. When you pick Florida to lose, they were like a four seed or something, weren't they? Yeah, I believe they were a three. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I mean, that was a risky upset pick, and it, it backfired. But hey, you know, you, you can't win if you don't play, type of thing. But, but uh, I mean, I, I will tell you, I told you at the start of the tournament, you know, I really want Gonzaga to win. I think it would be, uh, first of all, they've just been so good for so long that I, I would like to see them, Mark Few, et cetera, get a get a championship and. To see an undefeated team, I think would be cool. I was for Kentucky, you know, six years ago when they got so close to being undefeated. Um, you know, I just it's we haven't seen it in our lifetime, so it's kind of it's kind of like rooting for a triple crown horse. When a team gets close, I'm going to root for it, unless it's like Arizona or something like that. I, I would not root for that. But if it's anybody else, I want to see history. I will tell you that I am rooting for the Arizona women's team to win it all. Not. I will be hoping that UConn crushes them on whatever day it is. They play on Friday. Yeah. That how, well, that's a quick turnaround. Jeez. Uh, but I guess they're in the same city, so who cares? But uh, but yeah, I'm not, I can't do it. Can't do it. I thought it would just give rise to all of the uh, all of the jokes you were wanting to make about, about uh, Sean Miller. Yeah. And, I mean, there's jokes there. And, and do I find it amusing that the Arizona women made a Final Four before Sean Miller? A little bit. But I kind of wish they hadn't made it either. I just don't like Arizona. You know that. My, my deep, intense hatred for the U of A is deep and intense. Uh, football and men's basketball especially, they're the sports I care about the most. But 
I mean, if the U of A competed in beach volleyball, and maybe they do now, ASU does, I'd root against him in that. Um, speaking of rooting for or against things, the uh, Supreme Court just heard the name, image, likeness case. Yeah. And now, tell me, you're you're more up on the legalities. Is this is this name, image, likeness, or is this more? This is payment. Is paying players. This is paying players. But I'm it's talking. but but I think that it's setting well. I guess it's not. I was going to say, it's setting up for the opportunity for this name-image-likeness meeting that uh, yes. the three Big Ten players had. Right, right. Because maybe, the you know, there's a finite window here before yeah. the Supreme Court's going to rule. They're going to rule yeah. on this probably this summer. Yeah. And they have really opted based on how the questioning went at the Supreme Court level, mm-hmm. to not accept the NCAA's argument, which was, you know, presented by a former solicitor general, not someone who is just happy to be there. Like, this is what he did and does professionally. Uh, the NCAA kind of got smoked at the hearing by by justices yeah. from all slices, you know. And it's... And that's not good because the the Supreme Court basically went full Matt Story and said, <laughs> you know, just yeah. just because this is how you've done it doesn't mean we should keep doing that's it. That's the way to keep doing it. Yes, yes. I mean, I heard even old uh, Clarence Thomas spoke up, which he apparently never speaks up. Yeah, uh, I and, saw there there was a some ripples that he had something to say. There was a funny tweet, sports fans. Wow, Justice Thomas makes an interesting point. <laughs> Lawyer sports fans. Wow, Justice Thomas talked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I heard that too. Like, I read a couple things yesterday of people saying, like, you know, for those of you who don't follow the Supreme Court, you know, like, this is news that he had anything to say at all. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it seemed like from, from both sides of the spectrum, there was pushback. And, and I, I mean, I'm completely, the way you said it is what I've said for years, which is, you know, if you're if the best defense is this is how we've always done it in anything, and that's not a really good defense, whether it's this or, or any concept. Like you should be able to give me a better justification for something than just, well, this is how it's always been. Tell me, tell me why that's good. And, and if it is, I'm happy to keep it. I'm not a guy who needs to change for just for change's sake, but you know, tell me why it's beneficial. Um, what this sets up. Is also some interesting broader points. the The courts had previously struck down the NCAA's ability to cap coaches' salaries, and 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 one of the things that got raised here is, aren't we professional now? Ha- haven't we abandoned amateurism? Uh, yeah. From top yeah. to bottom. Yeah. And in my view, the answer is clearly yes. I mean, my view is not irrelevant to the case, but. Uh, I mean, how can you say we're not? The coaches' salaries, the TV money. I mean, look at that deal that the SEC just got with ESPN. Good God. You know, I mean, it's off the charts. And and that's fine. I mean, I'm a reason why it is. I'm a perfect example. I eat this stuff up. I love college sports. And, And there's a lot of people like me out there, and that's why it is what it is. And so, you know, to pretend it's not is just insane. Yeah. 
Well, you know, and some of the arguments that just got laughed off by sports fans of, well, if you pay them, they'll have even less focus on academics. It's like, didn't we just have a scandal from North Carolina not that long ago about they could only be in certain majors? Certain majors and classes, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's there's always those, and, and sure enough, did you see the story this morning, you know, survey of ADs, this is going to make it, you know, worse for women's sports. Like, yeah. boy, you know, that's a, that's a classic sort of, you know, throw up a red herring and say, well, we're so concerned about the little people. The, the men's golf teams and the women's teams and like no you're not you're you're not uh, and and you know somehow there always is enough money and I know Billis loves to hammer that point and he's right you know like oh there's just not enough money but when we need to pay ten million dollars for a coach to go away there's always enough money to do it yeah well and you heard uh, you know Justice Thomas's question was effectively you know, in re- reacting to the statement that, well, you'll just have such disparities between programs if that happens. And it's like, don't we already have yeah, disparities? Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yes. I mean, that uh, I, I've said that to you many times, like, you know, there's already a system of haves and have nots. Uh, you know, Alabama is not operating on the same playing field that Arizona State is. And, and that's just the way it is. Now, does, does it mean we can't maybe put together a team that could beat them one time? But it means that they're a better program than we are. And that's why they have, you know, what, six national titles in the last 14 years or whatever it is. Um, you know, that's that's the way it is. And, and you can join that class if you really want to. Clemson's a good example. But you you gotta you got to put forth the money, again, Clemson didn't get here just by smoke and mirrors. They got here by putting in a lot of money to their football program and making it world-class. Well, and there was a great story on The Athletic about how uh, Loyola basketball is trying to do that for them and copy the yeah. Gonzaga model, and they yeah. like went out there, saw what they did, saw the investment. Uh, but on this thing, I want to read you a quote from Dan Wetzel's column. He's a columnist yeah. with Yahoo Sports. Oh, yeah, I like him. Um, yeah. He said, this was from his column after the hearing. If nothing else, Wednesday morning showed how decades of ineffective leadership, both at the NCAA, in conference offices, and on campus, have left college sports prone. Rather than evolve, compromise, and change with the times, college sports has clung to the status quo via lawyers lobbying and scare tactics, competitive balance, academics. Now the future's in the hands of nine justices who are likely more focused on the rule of reason and the Sherman Antitrust Act than whether or not paying players will really impact recruiting. <laughs> and, and I totally agree. Yeah. You know, and it, uh, it's, it's uh, interesting that he says that because I was even going to say to you, I mean, it's it just like even in the last year, why didn't they figure out this name image like this stuff already? They were supposed to have, wasn't it supposed to be January? They were going to have a vote on it. Yeah. They put it off. And it's just like, I mean, first of all, I kind of feel like the whole, oh, we got to figure out how this is going to work. There's a model right there sitting for you, and it's the Olympics. Yeah. The, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, and maybe I am. No. But the Olympics does not pay athletes directly, right? I mean, like, the, the USOC doesn't pay Michael Phelps. Right. They get sponsorships, and they get right. endorsement they get deals. They pay. Now, they do pay for their travel, and their, the sure. same thing that we would be at, but, but to your point, the same thing we'd be asking the schools to do. The same thing they do right now. Yeah. They pay for their travel to games. They their training, their, their coaches. Right. 
Right, you know, and, and that's reasonable. But they don't, you know, Michael Phelps, who's rich beyond our wildest dreams, has never made a, a cent from the USOC or the IOC. He makes it from God knows how many places. And now he's, you know, but but all these, you know, whether it's Michael Phelps or what's the what's the lady, uh, Katie? Katie Ledecky. A swimmer. Yeah. Um, you know, back in the day, you know, Michael Johnson. Well, and re- but car. remember also the difference between Ledecky and Phelps. Ledecky went and wanted to swim in college, and the right. NCAA basically ruled her ineligible. Exactly, exactly. So an even better point, like, I mean, it just, it's it's right there for you. You just let them make money, and, and it doesn't affect their eligibility. I mean, so if you have, I always go back to this situation, because I think it's such a great example. If you have the 2018 championship game, and Tua Tungavailoa throws this, you know, game-winning, championship-winning touchdown pass to Devontae Smith, and they've each got at least two more years of college, let them make money off that. Let them go sign autographs of pictures of that moment or, or you know, appear in Tuscaloosa for, a, for an appearance fee. I mean, they're, they were huge stars. Why, would, why can't they take advantage of that moment? Yeah, Tua was the first-round pick. Devontae Smith's going to be. But you don't know that. And, and, you know, why could they take advantage of that moment in the moment? Seize the day right then. Well, and part of the issue I have, and I think this is speaking to your point on this, why, when the and this is why I like that part of Wetzel's column. Yeah. Why didn't the NCAA work out the NIL stuff just to avoid this? Because this is about revenue sharing. Revenue sharing is a big deal. Like, you know. Yes especially for sports that generate a lot of revenue and the, you know, and maybe the way you structure it for fairness is all the revenue is split equally among all the scholarship athletes at a school uh, or something to try to account for your, your title nine obligations. Cause at least you're treating every athlete at the school the same, but the, but if you do the name image likeness, you also get around title nine because you're not paying any of them. Exactly. Yes. I mean, like I've I've never really been fully. I mean, I've I've kicked around the idea. I think in talking to you, like, why can't these people be athletes or be employees of the university? You know, but but that just creates a whole. Well, you got to deal with I, you got to deal with insurance. You got to deal right. with tax complications right. and all these things and, and and all of that. So I mean, that's it's much 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 easier said than done. So I've always kind of fallen on on the back of it wasn't my idea. I mean, I, I might have been Billis who was the first to say it. I, I know I've you know like you just take the handcuffs off. You just say you know okay the the Arizona State is not going to pay Jake Daniels, but if Jake Daniels can make money from you know Sanderson Ford, he can, and and that doesn't make him ineligible. It doesn't mean he's cheating. It doesn't you know. And, and it just seems so easy to me. Now, are there little things, you you know, do you have to have some oversight? Sure, I suppose so. You don't want, you know, what you don't want, I guess, is especially as gambling gets more and more, that's a thing that always gets thrown out there. You know, you don't want somebody saying, well, hey, uh, you know, I'll give you an extra $2,000 if you make sure that uh, this game doesn't go over this weekend. You know, you, you got to have some oversight. If you got that oversight right now, or at least you're supposed to. So well, and that's keep the using thing. it. The, the name image likeness, which again is not what we're talking about in the Supreme Court case, and right. that is the 
that if you're the NCAA is terrified because you might as well just yes. disband. Um, it, it, because if, all the if you start having to share revenue with the athletes, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your but model if, is pretty much gone. Yeah. But if you do the name image likeness with them, you basically say, okay, here's how you're allowed to do it. Yeah. A- and you could even do it at like a school level, you know, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. A, or a spy sport, or you tell the sports to form their own negotiating units. Yeah. And a player can yeah. be a part of it or not. But if they're not a part of it, then much like, you know, roster player in 23. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. You know, you right. don't get the benefit of those deals or you Agreed. sign a Agreed. separate deal. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, to me, you have a, you could have what they call like a trade association. Yeah. Not a union, but, a, you know, so that you can license so that when the NCAA football game comes back, you can put the players in there with their, with their numbers and their names. Um, but you know, then you also just, you also just allow people. And, and again, you know, we've, you, you've pointed out some things to me and, and it, it's resonated with me. Like, you know, it's not even just the, the Tua's and the Trevor Lawrence's and the, you know, Josh Christopher's that could make money. It's the, it's the women's water polo player who finds a niche on, you know, some social media platform and can use that to make money. There's so many ways for for these well, folks to market themselves now. How about so that? Them, how about the the gymnast at UCLA who got that perfect right. ten and they showed that video everywhere? Wouldn't it be nice if she could get paid for these interviews exactly. or for the exactly. future stories or whatever? You know, there's so much out there now. I mean, kind of like what we were talking about with TV options. You know, there's so many different ways to market yourself. Now, doesn't mean everybody's going to. There will be a lot of college athletes who would see absolutely no change. To but their they, but line. you know what? Then the NCAA doesn't. You know, their, right. the NCAA's relationship with them doesn't change. <laughs> exactly. Who cares? I mean, you know, that's that again is the free market, and that's the that's the system that we have in place in just about every walk of life, except for college sports, and maybe there's a few others. Uh, but you know, if the free market says that Tua can make a ton of money off the field. And that the you know the kicker, the, the setter for the volleyball team can't. Tough luck, you know. Well, I mean, and the other the thing is, is, what you'll hear is about the great guy who, you know, the star quarterback says, "Yeah, yeah I'll do your, you know, Santan Auto commercial." Sure. sure, that's a free ad for them. We're there we're looking go. for sponsors. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and we're only yeah, 304 episodes. We're 304 we're, episodes in. So right, we're we're rolling on the car places in Arizona. Yeah, yeah. But you know, if uh, if you have that guy and you say, "Hey, come be in my commercial," imagine the great publicity if he says, "Yeah, I'll do it." Let's say they ask Jane Daniels, and he says, "Yeah, yeah. I'll do it." If Maddie Hackbarth from the softball team's on it. Right, right. You know? Yeah. And you start doing that, and you just start rolling these things together. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just, uh, does there, does, I mean, you know, like, there's certain factors that, that have to be put in place, I suppose, but I just, I don't think you have to invent this from the ground up. There's a, there's a model that's right there for you, um, and, and so use that. Tweak well, it a little here and there, but the but, and it, it, but it's also it lets the mar- you know when there's this idea of like, well, some school will have uh you know Oregon will right. have Nike 
internships and promises sure. of all these things for these kids if they come. Okay. Okay. I'm I, you fine know, with that. Like, I guess yeah. that's how, you know, the Yankees for most of the 90s were the same way. They just right. had more money to spend, so right, they did. Right, right, yeah. And again, I mean, you know, that, that argument goes back to what we were saying a few minutes ago. Like, that kind of stuff, it already exists in a way. I mean, like, you know, there's already a hierarchy of college sports, and I don't think that this would really change it at all. If you go to LSU, there's going to be plenty of opportunities because people in Louisiana are football mad, and they love their LSU Tigers, and you will have plenty of rich, wealthy people who are willing to spend their money on the LSU quarterback to do their ads for them or whatever. Um, And if you go to, you know, uh, Vanderbilt in the same conference, probably not going to have that same ability. But again, that's already a haves and have nots. LSU and Vanderbilt don't compete on the same playing field right now. Well, and it also, I, I think back to like the Reggie Bush controversy. Yeah. Well, what if that was just okay? What I if don't. what if Reggie like you know it's what like it was okay to get him a house, yeah, and his family a house, yeah, I'm yeah. with you. Or does it eliminate that controversy anyway? Because instead of having to secretly buy these things and put them in his family's name, you just pay him. You just do it exactly. You just pay exactly. him, and then yes. he buys the house. Yeah, because yeah. he now, has the money. I, I mean, I agree. I agree. I, I you know, I, I I'm totally with you. I thought that really kind of from the outset with the reggie bush thing like okay it was against the rules but kind of goes back to that whole thing of just you know like well this is how we always done it like okay it's against the rules but why you know i mean like is it really that bad that usc gave him or or that someone associated maybe with usc or what but but again we never really got that there was they were associated with usc and, and you know somebody gave him money and they bought his family a house okay uh, you know, he was talented. And Reggie Bush is a great example. Like, his pro career never really took off. It was okay. You know, he had a nice run. He made, he made some good money. But, you know, can you imagine how he could have maximized his, his economic value in those three years at USC? He was, he was as big as anybody in the country at that point in time. Yeah. And, and he had a cap put on, well, you can't do this. Doesn't, it doesn't jive with me. Yeah. It's, uh... It's just, and that's kind of where the Supreme Court argument in a parallel way was going. It was, mm-hmm. well, this is how we do it. Well, this seems unfair. You have unpaid labor that's generating right. the revenue. Right. Well, but right. this is how we do it. That doesn't answer <laughs> yeah. the question yeah. of, you know, do you agree why that you do have you do this? it that way? Yeah. 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 And why should you keep doing it that way? Yeah. Because I mean, if, if we're being if we're being honest, it just you know, I mean, they don't want to share their money. Who does? You know, I mean, like, yeah, if you're making a lot of money, why would you want to share it with a group that right now you don't have to share it with? But you know, uh, yeah. Now again, I'm not sure. I am all on board with the idea of the colleges paying the players because one, I don't think they do it right. I, I think what it would turn out to be is exactly what you said, which is. They'll just pay everybody the exact same. And I'm not a fan of that. That's basically what they do now. Everybody, you know, you get a scholarship. Well, you know, the, the starting quarterback's value to the university is more than, than 99% of the other college athletes. Well, and the other thing that this does, 
is it sort of mitigates the walk-on role. Because if you're, if you're like, well, I'm being invited to walk on at Alabama or I have a scholarship to, you know, Troy. Right. Well, I don't have the money, so I'll do this. Well, if you walk on at Alabama and it turns out that, you know, you can just get stuff by being a walk on at Alabama. Right. Right. You would take that. And that might be a better opportunity for For you. For sure. For sure. Yeah. 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 I mean, I I agree. Yeah. I mean, I just, um, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've, uh, been consistent on this for years. I know you have too. Um, you know, that it just, it just doesn't make sense. And I think, I think I read somebody, I wish I could remember who, and maybe it was a quote from one of the Supreme court justices that, you know, I think it was a quote that an interpretation that basically they said, like, you know, if you if you tried to explain this model to anybody who didn't know about it before, they'd think, what are you talking about? And I and I've said that to you. I know, like, it's one of those things that we take for granted. We just say, oh, this is how it is. But if you take a step back and think, does this make sense? You think not in the least, not not even one iota does it make sense. Well, and that's the Wetzel point of there have been decades of opportunity to change yeah and and frankly the o'bannon lawsuit the keller lawsuit uh the the jeremy bloom the skier slash wide receiver lawsuit these were all opportunities where the ncaa could say okay we've made our point by litigating this but now let's quietly a year later just make it Make some changes. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't know. It's been, you know, it's been a, it's been a messy few years for the NCAA and and I'm not terribly sad to see it. Um, you know, and, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see, like you said, you know, there's a few months probably before any ruling comes down on this. Does this spur any action or no? I mean, cause you know, the history says it doesn't, the history says they're just going to keep doing the same thing until forced to change. Um, and, and what does that change look like if they are forced, uh, you know, it, it'll be, it'll be fascinating to see in all honesty. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, we've covered the gamut tonight think so. on a number of different so. topics, yeah. but, yes, uh, yes. we'll be back next week. We've got the final four and a national champion in men's and women's basketball. We've got right. more baseball. We've got who knows what happens with the ASU basketball roster to talk about. I know. Yeah. Yeah. We could have, you know, six more entrances and exits by next Thursday. So tune in again next week. Until then, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.